Welcome to the Football Heavy Podcast, a Heavy Ink production. I'm Ant, he's Matt, we're here to talk about football. So, uh, preseason games, what did you see? What did you like? I didn't catch a lot, mostly the highlights. Um, Of course, I watched all of the Eagles game, some of the Giants game, but uh, why don't you tell me about what you saw and what you liked from really the first week of preseason? Um... Nothing in particular about the Giants. Uh, they're getting a lot of flack right now for the O-line being bad. But the starting line, which four of the five projected starters played, uh, were not actually that bad. Um, they only played like 15 snaps, so it's not really a sample size either way that you should be um, hanging your hat on. But in general, they've got a problem because there's no depth there, and that's because everyone retired. Uh, probably not. Definitely not because they have to run laps, but just because they're, <laughs> they're 30 and you know they don't want to go through another NFL season, which they're not the first player to feel that way. Um, but away from the Giants, which uh, defense looks good, offense looks like shit. Uh, spoiler alert, right? Who didn't know that was coming? Um, Justin Fields uh, looks like he is going to be as good as I certainly thought Justin Fields was going to be, which is as good or better than whatever the hell you think Trevor Lawrence is going to be. Whoa. Um, which I've, I've, Lawrence is the pick. He's the safer pick. I get why J- Jacksonville went straight Lawrence. After that, though, very, yeah. I mean, that was the yeah, obvious. I, that was the safe pick. That was, and he's probably, they would have got crushed if they did anything different. Until Fields looked like he looked like on, what was that, Saturday? But just on a couple of highlights that I saw, on, I think back to back plays, he could have had a turnover. Oh, definitely. He actually, the, the his play in the second quarter, a pretty pedestrian, right? Like, he didn't make huge mistakes. Yes. I think he did have an interception, though. I don't think he threw an interception, but he threw a ball that could have... Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. He hit a couple, if a first-team yeah. defense would have definitely intercepted that ball. And I think on the, the next play, he broke the pocket, ran to the left sideline, did a spin, got stripped, and they were just able to recover. Gotcha. Okay, so he did fumble. but Yeah. But again, no turnovers, but turnover-worthy plays. That, that offense looked bad in this, when he played in the second quarter. It was when he came out after halftime and whatever yeah. adjustment. And, it, again, it's the preseason. Are they making adjustments? Probably a little bit. But he he didn't look like a rookie. He looked like a guy that's been doing it. He, you can go as far as anyone other than the absolute best in the game, and he looked that good on the three drives or so that he played in the second half. Um, and... Uh, it's getting a lot of traction in the national media right now. All five rookies looked NFL worthy. I I do agree with yeah. that. They did. Um, Baker Manziel, much to I might have to eat these words. I still don't think he's gonna be good, but he, <laughs> he didn't look lost, right? He didn't do anything great, but he didn't look lost, right? Uh, you he, know, he, he made a couple throws in cut, tight the, windows that I I was like, oh, that's a that's like an NFL throw. It was a dirty pocket, made a nice throw. He can coverage. move. He he can move, and, and and that was his game anyway. You knew he could you know get in and out of the pocket, but. He didn't have anything field stretching. Everything he threw was a was a check down. He's a rookie. I'm not saying that that's a, a negative, right? But he had a couple 15 yard or so um, center of the field throws that you need to make in the NFL to keep drives going. They were good throws. You're absolutely right. But everything else he he completed was a check down. Um, whereas and Trey Lance, they're making a big deal about that 80 yard touchdown because goddamn he could throw far. Um, but he, yeah, that was cross field. He it, everything about that play was impressive. The rest of his outing though was nothing. If if he did not have that eighty yard touchdown, you might say Trey Lance uh, looked not ready. Instead, everyone's saying, "Wow, look at what this guy can do!" Right? Um, uh, that cemented further in my mind that the Niners are going to, and it's two more preseason games, so none of this is final. The Niners are going to ride Garoppolo for as long as they can, um, and for good good cause. He's a good quarterback, and Lance is. Um, an unpolished product where the, the the sky is the ceiling, right? Mm. Um, and like we said, very little game time experience, going even going back to college. Yeah, I think like seven games or 11 games or something, some crazy low number at a D3 yeah. school. So um, I, I liked Lance. I, the upside's obvious, but um, you're on a competitive team right now. Garoppolo is a winning quarterback. He might not be mm-hmm. a great quarterback, but he's a winning quarterback. You'd be crazy to not at least start the season and give it a fair shake with Garoppolo if you're the San Francisco 49ers right now because what don't they have? They, they got everything. I mean, if you like – I'm not crazy about the combination of Ayuk and Samuel. Um, I'm not saying that I don't like them at all. Just, you know, people are talking about them like they're going to be the 
a great NFL tandem. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm just not there yet. But well, both have shown that they can play. They can both play, right? And you have Kittle, which if you're smart, mm. you're running the ball, and Kittle's your number one anyway when healthy. Um, but either way, you are set on offense. The O line's still good, right? They they've lost. I know they lost Weston Richburg, and they lost. I think they lost Lincoln Tomlinson, but they've they've re-upped there with uh, McGilchey and um, who they they signed someone. This offseason, uh, they signed a guard uh, worth starting, but I'm not going to remember his name right now. I can't recall either. Um, my, my point is, they're they're stacked everywhere except for maybe their secondary, mate, and that's probably pretty respectable. I know their corners are kind of in and out of the lineup, but if that's all you're missing, secondaries get good. Secondaries get roasted in the NFL. I mean, it's sure. not it's not a killer, right? We expect Washington's defense to be what, a top-five defense this year, and it's because they're probably the best front seven in football. But their secondary, eh, they do have uh, a fuller brother, um, and they do have uh, my, my boy Landon, although I think he's going to um, lose his job to that, uh, that safety they drafted last year who took over for him when he was injured. Um, but my point is, San Francisco's a stacked team. If if you told me that you think they're going to win the NFC, I, would, I, I might disagree with you, but I can't say it's not a reasonable pick, right? They're two years removed, and they are absolutely stacked. And for, when did they sign Alex Mack? That's who it was, Alex Mack. This off season, there I'm you so go. It was that was their their big uh, off season. So they replaced Weston Richburg, a respectable NFL center, with um, a guy who's probably going to retire as getting Hall of Fame consideration. I don't think Alex Mack's going to get into the Hall of Fame, but guys are going to talk about him like, "Wow, Alex Mack, that was a great player for ten to twelve years." Right? I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer, just that he has. Uh, what the level of play worthy of uh, consideration? But he's been on bad teams most of his career. The Browns, bad Falcon team. So he, it's not going to happen for him. But high end center, Nick Mangold type center. Nick Mangold's not a Hall of Famer either, um, or a Pouncy brother, maybe Marquise, but um, probably not. Other than that, I don't know. I didn't watch every game either. I didn't even watch all of the Giant game. They um, once you get to the third team yeah i'm done there, it's not once even, clayton thorson came respect, in it was over yeah all due respect he's been cut <laughs> who is this uh their third string quarterback clayton thorson they oh signed, the, they, you they know signed the, some guy that, that the i've never eagles, heard of that's funny the eagles drafted him in the fifth round of the 2019 draft really uh because he, he was apparently a dallas yeah he Jason didn't make Garrett it he didn't away. make it through camp Garrett must have scooped him up in 2019 then, you know, and had him on the practice squad and liked him because he, Cor- yeah, uh, and he was, actually, was on the practice squad for the Giants last year. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they drafted him that year. I remember it. Yeah, it was 2019. And I remember being so upset with that one because he didn't have a good college career. Secondly, they traded up and drafted for Andre Dillard out of Washington State. And there was another. There was a quarterback out of Washington State that I really liked, and of course now I'm uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name. What, but I just sent what, you Uncle Rico. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just blanking. Yeah, I was blanking on his name. But I sent you that that IG post that compared his stats with Baker Mayfield. Absolute, absolutely ridiculous, and not surprising, mind you. But um, I'm pulling it up right now because when you sh- you sent me that, I was um, again. It wasn't surprising. Definitely wasn't surprising, but it to see it laid out that way, and I think the bigger thing here, even other than the draft status, because Minshew was a very capable. That's uh, it. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll, yeah, we're talking oh, about Gardner. Sorry, Minshew. you were still thinking of his name. No, no, no. <laughs> I had it, but I wanted to uh, interject because we didn't mention it. Um, but it was Gardner Minshew. I want. I, I was thinking to myself, you know, how could you not? How could you watch all this tape on the guy who's protecting him, and not take like, a late round pick on him? There's only so many picks. And I also Wait, thought, was, you know, when they took Thorson, Minshew was there. Yes. Oh wow. Um, Keep and I, could, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't help but think this is the conspiracy theorist in me that was saying that this guy came in with too much swagger, too much juice, and he would inevitably outplay Carson. How is that a bad thing on any team? Well, this is a they had by this point they had already given him the keys to the franchise, and he was the golden child. And keep your golden boy. Trade this dude for a second round pick. You gotta be crazy. That that's. I mean, if that's the thinking, and I'm not saying it is or isn't, that's it's incredibly flawed. And if you've got an ego, and this is not a solely Howie Roseman thing, but anyone's got an e- ego in any position where you're making decisions that are worse for your team for that reason. 
you probably shouldn't have the position that you hold. However, I, I don't think it's that. Minshew fell because of Minshew's size, because of Minshew's competition, um, and because of Minshew's offense, because he was in a absolute air-it-out offense, and the, the thinking was mm-hmm. um, anyone that's remotely capable that's plugged into this offense can do what Minshew did. I mean, I'm pretty sure he set the FBS record for sing, uh, single-season passing yards uh, his senior year. Yeah, they were in an air raid attack, and, and it worked. And he and he was incredibly efficient in it. Anyway, I'm, the numbers that you sent me because I want to I want to get them out here because it's crazy. So Baker Mayfield drafted first overall in the 2018 draft. Gardner Minshew drafted in the sixth round, whatever overall, uh, in the 2019 draft. Career completion percentages: 62.9 to 61.9 in favor of Minshew. Career passer rating: 93.1 to 89.1 in favor of Minshew. Passing yards per game, 241.6 to 240.4 in favor of Mayfield. Uh, Passing touchdowns per game, both at a 1.6. And the interceptions per game, a .5 and a .9. And that is also the .5 is in favor of Minshew. So in every meaningful statistic... I think the only thing that's missing is game started. Which is also probably no, it's not similar because Mayfield's obviously got another season, and he's been the since week three of 2018, he's been the Brown starter. Yeah, but uh, in every other major statistical category, they are either neck and neck, or Minshew has the advantage. Uh, to me, the, the the stats are the same. They're they're a wash, right? And, right. But the, okay. But I'll the, give you that. the draft yeah. status, and more importantly, what is Baker Mayfield about the demand of the Browns? As soon as oh, right yeah. now, he's or, going to right. get. Uh, he's probably going to say, "Give me the deal that you gave Josh Allen, or that they that the Bills gave Josh Allen." He's going to have to have a huge year this year to get it right. And if he if he does, and the Browns feel comfortable with it, whatever. What if he doesn't though? He's still going to get twenty five mil a year or whatever. If I looked at this, I would say later Baker and give Minshew a three year, fifteen million dollar <laughs> a year contract. And the, and the crazier thing, even they could trade for him probably right now today. Right now, they wouldn't because of because of what we're looking at. Probably maybe your Howie Roseman uh, belief about Minshew in the first place mm-hmm. holds true for all GMs. But it would send a message to Mayfield: Hey, you you are potentially not guaranteed, but potentially replaceable. Minshew was on notably worse teams in his first two years. Even Mayfield's rookie season, yes, that team was 0 16 the year before. They finished seven eight and one, and that team had talent. The 2018 Browns, not a good team, obviously a mediocre team given their record, but it had talent, and it was the beginning makings of the team that you see today that we've talked about this before, is either the first or second most talented team top to bottom in the NFL. Um, After Tampa, who else is there? Position to position, the Browns are absolutely stacked. Actually, San Francisco probably deserves it. Yeah, San Fran probably after after pulling up our lads. (laughs) Yeah, pretty good, but but pretty damn good roster. I'd still put San Fran third because you don't know about their secondary, Um, and you have a lot of changing hands at different positions. I mean, Ayuk and Samuel again. You can like the talent all you want; they've flashed, but that's not established um, talent the same way that Tampa's got the big three receivers or even Beckham and Jarvis in Cleveland, um, and then the secondaries. Well, granted, Tampa's secondary is young, too. However, just won a Super Bowl, so it definitely deserves a little bit more respect um, than you're just going to give to any other young secondary. And then, of course, uh, the uh, Browns have John Johnson and Denzel Ward. And, uh, well, Greedy Williams hasn't done anything yet. They got another safety that's all right, too, the dude that came from Jacksonville. Uh, I think his name's Ronnie Harrison, um, Alabama's product. His last name is definitely Harrison. He's an Alabama guy. I already like him. He was a third-round pick by Jacksonville. He was supposed to um, be their starting safety for the next five years. Instead, they had a fire sale last season, I think, and then you know gave him up probably for like a fifth-round pick, fourth-round pick, which if he got close to what you drafted him for, you basically broke even. I can't blame you there. But um, how do you see that if you're an NFL team searching for a quarterback? And granted, I wouldn't want Baker Mayfield over the field either. But Mayfield's going to win. He has won a playoff game, and he's going to win games this year. The Browns, barring complete implosion, are going to have a winning record this year. And it's going to be with Baker Mayfield playing passable to good, probably, right? Minshew's playing the exact same ball. Grant Delpit, is he 
Ah. He's second on the depth chart behind that Ronnie Harrison. And Delpit could take that job. Delpit was uh, that LSU dude who was supposed to, prior to last season, last college season, he was supposed to be like a top 15 pick. And he just had a pedestrian final year at LSU and fell to the second round. But still all the talent in the world. Same thing with Greedy Williams, who the year before was supposed to be a top 15 pick and just fell to the second round because he had a pedestrian final season at LSU. Actually, the ability to parallel those two players and why they're on the Browns right now, it's probably pretty similar, um, even though one safety, one's a corner. But um, my Baker's been on good teams with functional mm-hmm. offense. He's got the best rushing attack in the NFL um, unless Kyle Shanahan pulls another rabbit out of his hat, right? It, who? What better uh, backfield do you want more than Chubb and Hunt? That's it. That's It starts there and ends there. Agreed. Um, and yet, Uncle Rico is putting up <laughs> drastically similar numbers to the guy who was drafted first overall. And, and again, one had the pedigree of uh, a first overall pick and one had the pedigree of an afterthought, mm-hmm. albeit still drafted, which is definitely means you're really good. But you just mentioned that the Eagles didn't may not have liked Minshew because of swagger. Baker Mayfield is the biggest swinging dick, or was <laughs> the biggest swinging dick in the NFL for his first two years. I don't know if he still is, um, but... He couldn't talk enough. He talked way too much. Uh, and Minshew doesn't even talk shit. Minshew, did you hear what Minshew said about the quarterback competition? This was weeks ago, like when training camp was heating up. He said, I can't even take a shit right now. Number two <laughs> is not an option for me. He said this to the, the Jacksonville press. I, who, I love that guy. That guy's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Number two is not an option for me. Um, so... And Urban Meyer, they can't. Maybe they can start Minshew for a couple weeks before Lawrence. Um, ESPN today pointed out that uh, Lawrence, and Lawrence did get pretty beat up in that uh, preseason game. And Jacksonville's O-line's not that bad, though. Now, I don't know what iteration of starting O-line was out there. I didn't I didn't look that closely at it. But You would think that if he was out there, they would have Whoever was healthy. Their, yeah, exactly. Brandon Linder, high-end center. Andrew Norwell used to be a high-end guard. Cam Robinson's played mm-hmm. spotty. At left tackle, uh, Juwan Taylor, first round pick from two years ago, right tackle. I think AJ Khan is still their right guard, although he might not be. But the, it's by no means a great O line, but they haven't been terrible. And that iteration has been together the last two years um, in some capacity. They they mentioned that Lawrence is going to get killed behind that O line, and maybe he will. But whether you start him week one or week four, what's the difference, right? You, you're not going to roll with Minshew much longer. This is not the same thing. Like the Bears say, Andy, and I don't believe this, but if the Bears want to say Andy Dalton is the steadying hand that gives us the best opportunity to win now and you ride that out until it's a logical conclusion in week five when you realize Fields is the better quarterback. that I understand that for the Bears because the Bears were a playoff team last year. So if you believe Dalton is the veteran presence you want, then you, you give him an opportunity to be that guy. The Jags are trash. I mean, it, if they make the playoffs this year, it will be on the back of a rookie of the year campaign from – Trevor Lawrence. There's really no other like Minshew's good, but Minshew's not Lawrence ceiling good. So I get the Joe Burrow. Fear. Is he Baker's ceiling good? Who a Minshew? Yeah, absolutely. There you go. I, I'm Baker Mayfield for all of, of his ability has never done anything that looked like other guys can't do it. Right. Trevor Lawrence, on the other hand, does shit that other guys look like they can't do all the time. A la Justin Fields and a la Trey Lance who Trey Lance still looks like an unfinished product, but boy, if that product ever gets finished, he's going to be dangerous as hell. It's going to be Mahomes and, I don't know, not Lamar Jackson. He's not that mobile. But um, who would be a great uh, Tier 2 mobile quarterback? Uh, It's going to be Patrick Mahomes meets Josh Allen. Actually, Josh Allen is Patrick Mahomes. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Actually, Josh Allen is probably a great look at what uh, Trey Lance's ceiling is. Um, and I don't know. I, I went into this offseason thinking Allen was going to have the natural regression of a guy who just had the biggest year of his career, right? I'm not sure I feel that way anymore. He – the I don't know. The Bills are a weird offense. They have no running game. Or they've had. I shouldn't say they have no running game. They've had no running game. And when you put your quarterback in that position, usually the crack, you know, the offense starts to crack. So there's exceptions to that, but that would mean that Josh Allen's on pace to becoming an all-time great, which maybe he is, but I don't 
I, I, I don't see that. I see a lot of high end. I, he's weird because his talent's ridiculous, and you didn't think that he'd ever figure it out because mm-hmm. when they drafted him, they're like, oh, he's got a cannon. And you're like, what else? Is he, what, what else has he got? <laughs> well, well, he's fast and he's got a cannon. <laughs> you, you thought it was Jamarcus Russell all over again. And it's, it's definitely not. <laughs> it's absolutely not. Um, and maybe the biggest difference uh, between Josh Allen and Jamarcus Russell is Josh Allen's put the work in because everyone who's a Bills anything has said how hard this guy's worked his first three years mm-hmm. in the league to deservedly finish second in the MVP voting last year. Uh, Trey, Trey Lance could be that good. But I think I think Fields is going to be better. What What did you see in the preseason games, uh, whether it be at Eagles or anything else, that um, caught your eye? Oh, one other thing. Uh, the Jets are perceived to be a Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter timeshare. The best running back on the field in the Giants game was by far Ty Johnson. Not even, <laughs> not even a question. Like, and he and he started the game because Coleman didn't play. Um, and he, it, Michael Carter looked like a rookie, uh, a talented rookie, but a rookie. Mm-hmm. Ty Johnson looked like an NFL running back looking to win a job. Um, and you can't tell me that any of those running backs can't seize that job if they play well enough. Any, literally, any of them can. Um, it's not like Carter was the sixth overall pick. He was a fourth-round pick with upside. So, uh, just food for thought. Ty Johnson, uh, best Jets running back this past Saturday uh, against a good, and most of the starters started the game, a good uh, Giants. Uh, How did the Giants' defensive line look early on? Poorly, put- but I'm pretty sure Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence never saw the field. Okay. Leonard Williams definitely didn't. And I'm pretty sure Sexy Dexy didn't either. <laughs> um, but uh, a combination of Shelton and uh, Austin Johnson, who are competing for that nose tackle spot, were out there a lot, I, I think because they're in a true position battle. Um, and Austin Johnson is the presumed starter at this point, despite Shelton's pedigree. Shelton had a real big stop on fourth and one, but he um, he didn't play great the rest of the game, and the coaching staff knows Johnson from last year. I see them both getting snaps in the regular season. I actually like, because I know everyone knows what Shelton can do. He's a very... Above average fourth run and stuff, one right run style. That's his bread and butter. Dude, oh my god, he got I mean, right. You're not. You can't run inside. He fucked Ty Johnson up. <laughs> I think it was Ty Johnson. Um, and the two of them on a on a goal line scenario because Austin Johnson's a big boy too, just less NFL starting experience. He's been in the league a while. Played with the Titans for a long time as a fourth and fifth lineman in a three four defense, and now he's probably going to be a, at least in a timeshare with Shelton, if not the starter for. Uh, the season, but uh, I'm sorry. Uh, your thoughts on week one of the preseason? I didn't watch a whole lot. Uh, I watched the Eagles and I watched highlights uh, of a couple of the games. Um, what did I catch? I, I watched some of the Bears game. Again, just highlights. I watched. I was really kind of. I wanted to focus on the rookie quarterbacks and their performance, and I really only got through. Uh, Justin Fields so my you know my takeaway really is I guess ultimately that it's the preseason and teams are it's vanilla on both sides and definitely you know they're not really showing a whole lot beyond that uh, I really don't have much more to say honestly I think the only take of the five rookie quarterbacks that matters is the Fields performance because he basically came out. This wasn't. He had a a good like a good rookie outing. He didn't look lost. This, this dude came out and was lighting it up, and dominating a, basically a quarter of football um, against a second team defense. I'm not trying to say that. Oh, uh, you know, that's it. Right, you know, right home about it. This guy. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll, I'll say this is that I think, especially from a fantasy perspective, it's easy to see some of these guys flash and think that, you know, this is like a budding superstar. And then you have to kind of reel yourself back in and say, wait a minute, this guy that, you know, had five rushes for 60 yards uh, against the third team defense and is the third back on the team, you know, let's just, let's holster our expectations. I, I do agree with that. But so Lawrence got kind of beat up and he didn't look bad, but he didn't look good. That's not, that's not good. Um, It's not great. I mean, Brady got sacked and Brady played in week one of the preseason. One drive or two drives it might have been. Um, He got sacked as he came off the field. It was over. Um, and and uh, Bruce Arians uh, hilariously uh, complimented him. He said he he folded up like a chair. He says he said <laughs> smart once like he says smart move or whatever. Right? He's like mm-hmm. I love that guy. Um, obviously, so he wouldn't take the big hit in a meaningless uh, yeah. August game at forty four years old. Um, why is he playing? Whatever. Anyway, uh, so I'll take Lawrence out of it because he didn't have 
like a stand in the pocket opportunity with any consistency to take away from. And you can take Lance out of it because um, I'm already of the belief that while the upside's crazy, he's not uh, he's not starting week one. Whereas these other four guys, Fields probably isn't starting week one either. But I don't think Lance is starting to week eight, nine, or ten at the earliest. Wow. At the earliest that they are going to be good and Garoppolo's going to play well enough that they win oh. games. That's the problem. He's the Lance is the only one with a real quarterback in front of him. I'm sorry. When you said Lance, oh, I was looking Lawrence. at Lawrence. Yeah. I was looking at a picture of Lawrence because I was going to say, <laughs> what are they holding him back for? Because <laughs> that's a very Bronco much Rico, Bronco Rico. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. But I mean, that's a very winnable, winnable division. Hell yeah. Especially with Indy's problems. The only thing, Tennessee is going to be redonkulous on offense. If, if. And th- this is what always makes you wary when when this happens. Arthur Smith, head coach of the mm-hmm. Falcons now, so that run first, efficient uh, passing game off of play action, not necessarily gone. But the guy they brought in, I think he was with in Seattle to be the O coordinator. I'm not sure who it. He's a throw guy. That's what I keep hearing. Interesting. He's a throw guy. Now they've got the two guys on the outside to really make that throw guy uh, happy. And Tannehill, Tannehill's no bum. Uh, he's certainly proven that. But if you're not going to run the offense through Derek, either due to game plan or or what, just wear and tear, is it going to work? You don't know. Like, uh, just the the perceived big four backs, Christian McCaffrey, who granted mm-hmm. was in a new offense last year when he got hurt but had three huge games in all three games that he played in, and then Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara are returning to the same offense they were in last year. Derek Henry's in a new one. That shit matters because sometimes Absolutely. things sometimes things don't click right away. Even if they click later, Brady took till double digit weeks to look like Tom Brady. He looked okay the first eight weeks of the season, right? But he didn't look like they were making a Super Bowl run until we got into November. Why? He wasn't worse at football. He didn't know the um the offense as well as he does now. And the players around him that became uh oh, granted Evans and Godwin's uh production fell as Browns went up second half of the season, but those players didn't know Brady the way that they did come December and January. So the the Tampa offense in September of last year did not look the way that it did when they finally won the Super Bowl. Anyway, my point about the rookies is you had Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields all have significant volume and action in these preseason games, right? All of whom went up primarily. Actually, Zach Wilson played against the Giants Frankenstein first team defense. I mean, like James Bradbury mm. and Blake Martinez weren't out there, but pieces were out there. Um, the other two played against a second team defense almost exclusively. All of them had significant action, and Wilson and Mac Jones looked like rookies with that could be good. Justin Fields looked like an NFL starter. The eye test. You watch the, the high, it's not comparable. You're like Justin Fields, you're like oh shit, this guy, this guy can play, right? Whereas the other, you're like oh yo, we got something there, right? That it's undeniable that that is the outcome of just those three players in a vacuum. What did you think about, because we were talking about Justin Fields on the opposite sideline, what did you think of Tua? didn't see much of Tua. I don't, Tua didn't play, I don't think. No, he did. He, he played did a play. little bit. He did play a little bit. Um, They didn't block for him either. <laughs> 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 Tua actually got, Tua got a little, he Tua looked, got a little he rough He looked up. like a guy that I was excited holds the key to an Eagles first-round pick next year. How so? He did not look good. What do you mean by holds the key to an Eagles first round pick? Well, the Eagles have their first round pick next year as part of the trade. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. I'm thinking about the Colts trade. I'm like, how does Tua affect that Colts trade? You guys got potentially three because now Carson's in play to play 75% again. (laughs) Um, Uh, I don't even know what to make of that. uh, It'll probably happen. Um, Although they're they're raving about Sam Ellinger right now. Yeah. Um, But Carson Wentz is under contract. Frank Reich had a major success with him in the two years that they were together. Or three years. No, it was two or three years together. Uh, he left after the Super, the Bowl? Super Bowl year. All right, so that was really... And so it, actually, two. his rookie year wasn't crazy. Carson once had a fairly pedestrian yeah. rookie year with upside. Um, but it's Wentz's job. He, I mean, he'd have to have a year oh, yeah. like last year for them to consider Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger or Philip Rivers in November when he's <laughs> likely to say, hey, all right, I'll play. And I don't want to go to training camp, but I'll play. It, it The eye test, right? I, I knew watching Odell Beckham in his first NFL game, which was his in the regular season because he missed all of the preseason with a leg injury as a rookie. I watched him play week five against the Dallas Cowboys or week seven, whatever it was. Well, holy shit, this guy's different. I knew it immediately. 
And there are guys like Aaron Donald. The first time you watched him beat a fucking center up, you're like, oh, shit, he's different, right? Justin Fields was different. Mm. Mac Jones and uh, Zach Wilson, the ball could go either way, right? They could be very good NFL quarterbacks. They could be absolute shit. I think Wilson's probably going to be absolute shit. But it doesn't matter. They just looked like rookie quarterbacks who had respectable, productive outings in a pre- their first preseason game. Justin Fields looked like a, a world eater. Um, and does that mean he'll look like that next week? No, but what happens if he does? You really think Matt Nagy's going to be talking about, well, we think Dalton gives us the best chance to win, <laughs> which he basically reiterated today. <laughs> uh, did you see that, that the Bears signed Jason Peters? I did see that. What are your thoughts on that? Um, and where is he going to play? Isn't Charles Leno still in the building? He will. He'll more than likely play. I would assume left tackle. And maybe Charles Leno isn't in the building. I know they drafted a tackle in the second round. The Bears did, but I thought he was the presumptive right tackle for this upcoming season. I, I wouldn't expect him to play anything other than left tackle, or maybe they'd have him move into guard, where he has really no experience playing. But he's a high end. I'm sure he'd figure it out. He played yeah, all right for the Eagles he, last year. He, uh, the, when the Eagles brought him back last year, it was to play guard, and then he kicked over to tackle one when Dillard went down, and he was playing well at at the left guard position, you know, in training camp before Dillard went out. Uh, but I would expect him to play left tackle. There was actually a, there was a hilarious video <laughs> of it was it was like oh the Jason Peters pulled up the Bears training camp. <laughs> Is a real video? No. Doing this? Oh. And it's just some dude who comes, who like kicks open the door of, you know, like some low rider, comes sliding out, flicks a cigarette, <laughs> walks up, struts up. Hilarious. But you know what? Good for him. You know, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to retire. I mean, probably his last year. Uh, I'm, I am personally thankful that the Eagles finally cut the cord. As much as I loved him, I really wanted to see younger guys get the opportunity to play meaningful snaps, and he was kind of standing in the way of that. So I'm happy for him. I, you know, I actually would have loved to see him go to maybe more of a front runner for a Super Bowl. That's fair. Uh, but like you said, the the Bears were a playoff team last year with a great defense, with a with a very talented defense, and you know, you know, for his sake, hopefully Nagy says by you know week three of the preseason that fields has looked awesome and he's the day one starter week one starter i think honestly i think it's inevitable to regardless like they're gonna start dalton week one or maybe week two but at some point you're gonna go all right well we know what andy dalton can do he's doing that whether even best case scenario Mm -hmm. right he's doing that but, uh, you know, your offense, because what was your offense last year with mediocre quarterback play? It was largely stagnant. Trubisky had a great, you know, final four or five games of the season to make their offense bump to get them into the playoffs because they were they were really treading water the first two-thirds of the season, and Trubisky oh, had yeah. a bit of a renaissance. And I don't blame the Bears for moving on from You can't count on that level of inconsistency. It's the thing that I, that I think the Browns should keep in mind if and when they decide to pay Baker Mayfield, or if they don't decide to pay Baker Mayfield, whichever. Um, although, granted, Baker's been better than Trubisky was. I'm not trying to totally shit on Baker. But um, the Bears have a lot. Now, their O-line's not one of the things, even with the addition of no. Jason Peters, that you would want to hang your hat on. But they've got a great top 10 wide receiver. They've got a good running back room, um, although Tariq Cohen's never healthy. David, Mc- And I think he's coming off an ACL. He is, and uh, all the talk is he's not ready. Um, but Dark Horse uh, back in that room, Damian Williams. I mean, he nothing wrong with him. He just opted out for COVID last year, and the Chiefs let him walk. He is not going to start early in the season. David Montgomery certainly had a big enough year last year to hand him that job. Yeah, sure. But Damian Williams is a starting caliber running back, and the Bears have been an inconsistent running team, certainly for as long as Nagy's been there and even before. So I, I don't know that there's anyone that's going to stranglehold that backfield Early it'll be Montgomery, but come the the you know the dog days of fall, Damian Williams might get more looks than you think. Um, and Fields, a mobile rookie quarterback, might like the security blanket of checking down to Tariq Cohen. And the beauty of their running back room is all three of those guys, the perceived top three running backs on the Bears roster, all of them can catch the ball. Montgomery's got good hands. Williams probably has better hands, and Cohen has the best hands. 
And I mean, again, to go back to what I was saying before, and maybe even contradict it, that I did watch in that preseason game. That guy Khalil Herbert flashed a little bit. Is the Bears running back? Yeah, didn't, I did not know he existed. Th- he's he's third string, but hey, he showed some juice. Well, assuming that Cohen hits the pup, which seems like a real option, they'll yeah. like they're going to keep. And most teams keep three or four anyway. Especially since most teams don't carry a fullback anymore. I have no idea if the Bears carry a fullback, but I assume Nagy's running a hybrid Andy Reid offense, which means he doesn't have a fullback. Oh, no, actually, that's not true. Andy Reid does keep a fullback on the roster. Um, And it always has pretty consistently, right? I mean, I know Anthony Sherman's been there forever, but, um, well, when Andy Reid was the Eagles coach, every team, almost every team had a fullback. (sighs) First week of the preseason... Boy, were those games boring fast, but, man, was it great to see live yeah, NFL the, the 2021 first team action. gets off the field after one or two series. And like you said, it's very vanilla. For a little bit, yeah. And then once the once the third team gets on there, it gets ugly quick. That's why, like, the, so the Jets-Giants final 12-7, right? Um, I, I didn't even see the Jets' safety at the end of the game, which is how the game essentially ended. Giants having the ball, the Jets getting to safety, and then running the clock out. But, um. The Giants had an opportunity to score an early touchdown. Your boy Corey Clement uh, fumbled inside the five. Uh, oh. After having an otherwise very nice showing, he looked way better than Devontae Booker, um, which is why you don't give Devontae Booker two years, <laughs> $6 million, you f- fucking idiot. Um, whatever. That's not the end of the world. They can cut uh, Devontae Booker next year if he truly underperforms this year and probably incur little to no loss. But um, Clement looked like the more explosive back. And uh, Alfred Morris came back like, a few weeks ago in a training camp. He only played in the second half, so I have to assume he's on the roster bubble. They had a couple, uh, Brightwell, the rookie, and then they've got the Austrian guy who they brought into camp last year who had a big 48-yard run. Really? His second carry. Yeah, the NFL has like an exchange program. Yeah. He was one of the players, and that's I, the Giants got. I, um, I could be mistaken about this, but... Yeah, that's part of their international yeah. players program, it's like and Sandro I don't Plumpsmegger or whatever. And I don't, I know his don't name think that they the count head. against your fifty-three. No, they didn't count against your practice squad. I think if you keep okay. them on the rock, because last year it was like six or eight guys, and they all went to each one went to a practice squad, and they did not count against the practice okay. squad. But I think if they make the team this year, that's a guy. That's a that's a fifty-three. I assume it is. Do I know that for a certainty? But you're giving a team an unfair advantage. Every all eight of those teams that got a, okay, an exchange go. player, like, oh, well, it's an extra guy. <laughs> Why don't we keep him? But if they they may get grandfathered into staying on the practice squad again for a second year without counting against the practice squad, that would obviously um, make some sense. Although you know if the guy can play, the guy can play. He's been there since last year. They should have some indication of whether or not they want this dude around. He looked like an all right running back. He didn't look special though. He's looked like a guy who plays football. Hmm. Um, and I don't know where the other Is he a former rugby went. player? I believe so, but I'll be honest, yeah. I don't know. Um, they made a big deal about it when they signed him last year, and then I literally never heard his name again until Saturday. <sighs> Boy, that offense is going to be rough. Although, granted, no one played. Jones, Barkley, obviously. Shepard. Galladay, no. Galladay, no. Ingram, no. Ingram was good enough to not play. Rudolph's, <laughs> <laughs> Rudolph's out right now. Um, no Leonard Williams. I'm pretty sure no Blake Martinez. I'm pretty sure no Logan Ryan. I'm pretty sure no James Bradbury. I don't even think Adore Jackson was on the field. I don't blame the Giants for not putting them on the field at all. You're just asking for trouble. What are they going to show you in this scrub match You know, for six plays that you don't already know? Now, I get having a dress rehearsal in two weeks, you know, that traditional third preseason game, which is going to be the last now because the NFL is basically giving teams a week off, which, right. is, which is smart. Why make them play for scrubs only, right? Yeah, I mean, well, they tacked on another regular season game, so that, that was part of the agreement. But it doesn't really solve anything for the starters because the starters don't play in that fourth game anyway. Right. Roster bubble guys play in that fourth game, or at least they have in the last 10 years traditionally. Whatever. It's still a week off, and it, it's it's going to have the roster situation clear itself up quicker and probably give players a chance to rest across the board. But you have to assume that you're going to see the starters play into the second half on that weekend of the 28th, 27th, whatever each team plays, um, the final preseason game. And then we'll really see uh, how bad the Giants' O-line is. Barkley, obviously, the Giants would be crazy to put him in that game, and I don't think they're going to. They've been completely adamant about uh, keeping him as healthy as possible. He is He's the meal ticket. Yeah, there's there's no reason to suit him up. No. What do you, again? What do you need to see? 
There's even talk of him being sat down the first couple weeks of the season. I don't. I, they're not going to tell you. Yeah, that's not ideal. The only indication you're going to get a Barkley status for week one when they make final rosters is whether or not he goes on pup. That's it. Because they're not going to tell you. They'll put him questionable as week one, and then he'll either play or he won't play. They're not going to give you shit. Because why would they? Unless he's obviously on pup. Then you know that he's missing six weeks. I don't see that being the case. I saw your... Uh, you're going to know his name. Uh, Milton Williams. Oh, yeah. He flashed a little bit. The projected uh, starter from some article that popped up on my feed. Well, that's interesting. As Not projected starter as in right now, he, but like pushing for a starting spot. And the question becomes, they had him as a DN, too. Yeah, they played him. He he played mostly on the outside in the preseason game. I assume Brandon Graham saw no snaps. However, did Barnett and Josh Sweat play? Yeah, actually, all three did play a oh, little Graham bit. Graham played. That's yeah. surprising. Um, but when when they got into the second team, that's when he that's when Milton Williams got some run, and they had him playing end, and he was playing well. He was moving his guy. Um, I saw some really nice hand usage, and you know. Because we watched the draft together, how hyped I was when they got him. You called it in the the start of the second round to say, I really want this guy Milton Williams in the third round. And I said, who's that? And you said, this awesome D-tackle from? Louisiana Tech. There it is. And um, I said, well, you don't get what you want as an Eagle fan, so you're probably not going to get that. (laughs) And the second round went by, and you were obviously very happy with Landon Dickerson. And uh, I was very happy with Aziz Ojolari. I forget who picked first and the third. I assume it was the Eagles, and they literally picked Milton Williams, and you literally went nuts. Yeah, uh, actually, the Eagles, the Eagles traded back. And still got him. And still got him. He was seen as a day three pick going into the process with the opportunity to go higher, right? Yeah, he was. he kind of started rising up draft boards following some re- a really strong showing at his pro day. And, you know, I've got his mock draftable chart up here because this is really you know the Eagles being an analytics team this is what really had them interested so he was in the 99th percentile for the three cone drill the broad jump the vertical jump 40 yard dash uh 87th in bench press 94th in 20 yard split and 93rd in the 10-yard split. So this is short a lot of short area quickness. Is this just D-lineman? Is this just interior D-lineman? This is for defensive tackles. Okay. Um, still matters. He's still arguably the most athletic defensive tackle in this draft. Just wanted to know what our sample size here was. Yeah, and now it is worth mentioning that he, like uh, some of his pro comps, is an undersized defensive tackle, which explains why they moved him out to play a little bit. He's end. probably versatile enough to do both. Yeah. So he's 6'3", about 285. So that's certainly small, undersized for a defensive tackle. It's five pounds larger and two inches taller than Aaron Donald. There you go. And that's his number one pro comp according to mock draftables. Any undersized quick D lineman's pro comp is Aaron <laughs> Donald because God, if only, right? Now his his the second and third is Taven Bryan and Geno Atkins. So if he can, if he can fall anywhere, you know, he falls between Brian and Atkins, meaning better than Brian and not quite as good as Atkins, you get a damn good player. Absolutely. For a third round pick, you're going to take that every hundred times out of a hundred, right? Without a doubt. Um. So that um right there is encouraging. Um, cautionary tale because uh I am often uh more negative than positive. In the 2018 NFL draft, the Giants drafted in the third round the most athletic player uh-huh. in the draft, according to Pro Football Focus, after that draft was completed. This was what year, 2019? 2018, their third round pick. So Barkley was Ooh. their first round pick. Anyway, uh, Lorenzo Carter, uh, their third round pick. I believe it was their first third round pick. They had two that year, him and B.J. Hill, both of whom have looked like NFL talent, high-end NFL talent at times. Um, Lorenzo Carter was supposed to be their next great pass rusher, and Lorenzo Carter, while having good pass rushing moments, has never been anything more than a spot filler. Um, And while he might have a good year starting this year, there's virtually no world where he gets a second contract. And Mm -hmm. maybe maybe he has a huge year and gets paid by someone else, but um, hard to to think that the Giants, um, I'm not going to call him overdrafted because he's a third-round pick with upside, um, 
he just didn't pan out the way you want him to. He can play. It's not. It's not like Lorenzo Carter on the field is not going to hurt you, but he he's not. You know, he's not doesn't have the upside that his measurables would have suggested. Bummer. It happens. Um, actually, I read an article recently that the Giants have not hit on a third round pick. This is a real thing. Like it mm. matters. The Giants have not hit on a third round pick since. Ooh, who was it? It might be Mario Manningham. Wow. Yeah. You're going back a ways. Yeah, I think it's Mario Manningham. And the only reason why I'm not sure it's Mario Manningham, and I'm pretty sure it is, Mario Manningham may have been a second-round pick. Uh, but I think he was a third. And he, he uh, Michigan receiver, uh, prior to his senior season, was predicted to be a borderline first-round pick. Had a low-end senior season by whatever standard he had previously set. And he felt, oh, and he also had off-the-field issues. Um, mm. I think he had like a DUI or something. Um, dumb college shit. But I think, actually, if it was more serious, I don't want to be dismissive of it. Um, but uh, he fell to the Giants in the third round and basically made himself a contributor immediately and had the greatest catch uh, in Eli Manning's throwing career, other than David Tyree. But Manningham, the throw for Manning was better than the Tyree throw because Manning threw it up in the middle of the field where seven Patriots were. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Manningham yeah. Uh, was at the sideline, right? That was a sideline catch where everything Eli did was on purpose. That's my. That's what I'm trying. <laughs> to, that's what I'm trying to get at here. He also made a great catch, but um, I just watched uh, Justin Tuck talking about that throw, like right that year after it happened, and he said, "I went up to Manningham and told him, you know, a great catch." He goes, "But well, you didn't have a choice." He, goes, he put it real, literally in your hands. He goes, you, oh, you better beautiful. catch that, get those feet down, which obviously he did, and uh, second Super Bowl. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, if that's the case, and the person who wrote this article went through the numbers, I had a real who's who of failures like Travis Beckham and, um, oh, God, Travis Beckham and Chad Jones and just some bad third-round picks. And Mario Manningham was likely drafted in 2008 or 2009. They haven't hit on a third-round pick since. Well, you know, it would be interesting to see a breakdown of the positional groups for those selections. You know, like if if – this goes back to 2008, 2009. You're talking about uh, 12 years of third-round picks. or It's too early to say, but let's just go for that. But if you know a quarter of them or two-thirds of them are corners or uh, you know like defensive backs, you can't really fault them for that. Taking a shot on the DB. Their third-round pick this year was a DB. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and this was, this was the guy that the Eagles traded back, passed on, and you saw the video of... Uh, you know, Howie Roseman getting fist bumps going across the room, and then there was that one salty white guy who <laughs> refused him. I, I did not see this. This is in the Eagles' war room oh, as they yeah. drafted Milton Williams. Yeah, so, you know, Howie Roseman's – so, first of all, Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles' new defensive coordinator, so so excited. Like, this dude is stoked that they got this – that they got Milton Williams. That's awesome because he's coaching him. Right. Howie Roseman doing the fist bumps going all around, and then there's just one guy, white hair guy, Tom Dutton, arms crossed, won't, <laughs> won't bump him. It was a, you know, like a – it was like a um, – he's like a draft consultant, Tom Donahue, who uh, was not happy, and he was upset that they traded back, and it was the guy that the Giants drafted in the same round oh, Aaron that Robinson. he had wanted. Yes, they got out of UCF. I was pissed when it happened because they had an opportunity to take the Ohio Milton State Williams. Star. Well, no, I didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want And they were never going to take Bill Williams because they're the one place that the Giants are legitimately stacked True. is they D-line. They didn't tackle uh, No, uh, the, the guard from Ohio State, Wyatt Davis. Yeah, you were pounding the table for Y Davis. He did go. In you the were third pounding round the table for lineman for lineman. Brown. Deontay Brown went in the fifth round, I believe, to the Titans. Uh, the Alabama guard, who uh, obviously played at a high level at a great uh, program, and again, they took what I understand Gettleman's logic. The three guys they took last year played well enough that you you say, "Oh, these guys look like they might be able to play." So now he's going to let them play. I get it, but you're also in a situation now where. You're handing jobs to guys that haven't necessarily earned them because you have no one else left. And it's not his fault that these players decided to retire. But, um, I mean, you basically have six linemen on the roster, period. There's a guy, Kenny Wiggins. I know he's been in the league for a while. I think he used to play for the Vikings. He's their their backup guard right now. Um, And he looked – it's it's frustrating. But after seeing tape of Aaron Robinson – I can't fault them for going out and saying we want this guy because boy is he physical, and you like for that. the type of defense that Patrick Graham is running, Aaron Robinson does look like 
an excellent fit. My problem with even doing that, and granted, you have Bradbury and Adoree Jackson, and Adoree Jackson's straight man corner, right? Like, that is, you put him in zone, he might not be bad, but he's, it's not his strong suit, right? James Bradbury, good at everything, probably not as good a man cover because he doesn't have the natural physical gifts that Adoree Jackson has um, as Jackson, but way better corner because his game is complete. If Patrick Graham moves on and gets a head coaching job like many expect him to do, you're going to bring in a guy running the same scheme? How can you even guarantee that? You can't. So then you get... You got to hope they hire an assistant who's already on the team. Okay. And then the coach, and then this line coach. Because their, their secondary is built to run Patrick's, Patrick Graham's scheme. And if it's run successfully, you might walk away from the season going, God damn, the Giants have the best secondary in football. It's, it, it would be absolute best case scenario, but I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. They don't have a gap in that secondary. They are three starting safeties strong. They have two high-end outside corners. They've got a ton of competition at the slot, all of whom the guys look like they're playing at a high level. And they just traded for a DB as recent as three hours ago from the Houston Texans. And I think he's it's more of a um, it's more of a special teams trade. But his name is uh, Keon Crossan. He was a twenty. 19 seventh round pick by the New England Patriots. So he knows Judge. So Judge likes okay. him probably for special teams. The Giants are giving up a 2023 sixth round pick to the Texans to get him. Yeah. And and so this guy's virtually guaranteed to make the final roster because they've already invested uh draft capital in his and yeah, I don't, future resources. Right. Sixth round pick is not the end of the world, but you don't want to waste it, right? Yeah. So, so this guy's on special teams, right? Which mm-hmm. means that at a minimum, they keep five corners, right? This guy's probably going to be a sixth corner who just plays special teams. But then it starts to get real thin because you assume Aaron Robinson's going to make the team just on draft pedigree alone. He hasn't played because he's been injured. Rodarius Williams, Greedy Williams' older brother, um, apparently is having a great camp, but boy, did he look like shit in that Jets game. Um, <laughs> and granted, he was a sixth-round pick. But if he gets sent to the practice squad, there's a really good chance that he gets scooped up by someone else, assuming that he puts some level of good game tape on. Then you have Darnay Holmes. You have Isaac Yadam, who I expect to get cut. You have Sam Beal, who's definitely going to get cut. You, you, you've created a logjam at a position of Julian Love, who's a hybrid corner safety, who I think is guaranteed to make the team if only because uh, they need four safeties and he can play both spots. You could have had Wyatt Davis, who's going to start for the Vikings as soon as next year. He might start for the Vikings this year because their O-line's apparently not very good, and Wyatt Davis is amazing and fell to the third round. That's why the mock drafts kill you. <sighs> you pick all the studs and your team gets none of them. Although... Milton Williams was a third-round pick in many of my drafts. I was happy that the Eagles got him. Um, One of the few times Howard Roseman stuck to the board. Your board? No, just uh, <laughs> the draft board. Yeah, I don't again. Just the scouting department's draft board. Yeah, I, I, I can't complain about the Giants' draft again. I don't think Tony does uh, – when I say again, I mean since Gettleman's been there, I haven't complained about a Giants' draft yet. Um and I haven't complained about any free agent signings yet. But then the question becomes, why aren't they good? It's easy to shine a light on the Daniel Jones pick as a reach. I do believe they reached. And he didn't even say this when um, he drafted Jones. He said, oh, well, we couldn't get him at 17 because two other teams were interested in him. <laughs> Don't say that shit. Say, this is our guy. We went and got yeah, him. That's He's my franchise quarterback. Answer. I went and got him. You think I took him too high? I hope he proves you wrong, right? Like, the, Boom. That's the fucking answer. But that's essentially what they did, and I don't blame them for it. And while Jones doesn't have me sold at all, um, the jury's still out. He could have, assuming he gets any protection this year, he could have an incredibly productive year this year. He does have the ability to get the ball downfield and to get the ball into the hands of playmakers, all while having the ability to fumble seven times in a game. Um, If he doesn't do that, though, and the Giants put up good defensive efforts, they can win with timely throwing, a good run game, assuming Barkley's healthy, and excellent defense, which they're in a bad division. It could happen. I don't. I, this is not me saying I think it's going to happen. I'm just expressing the possibility that it could happen, that the Giants could go 10-7, and seven, beat out the other three teams in the NFC East, go into the playoffs as a four seed, and lose to, ooh, who? Lose to the San Francisco 49ers mm. first round of the playoffs. Um, all all within the realm of possibility. 
but um, because they won't beat what that that I will say Rams or Niners win the West, and then whoever whichever one of those two doesn't win the West will be your um your five seed. Yeah. However, when you look at the NFC and you look at how their those teams are structured. How much I, I would the least shocking iteration of this ever happening is this year where all four of because now you have seven teams all four of the NFC West teams make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I was going to say they are. It's easy stacked. to pencil. It's easy, and sure, you could easily make a case for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray is a dark horse MVP candidate this year for all the reasons. Doesn't matter what reason you think it is. He that that's a reason why he might do it because he can run. He has been a good passer. If he takes the next step to great passer. Um, and I think you're in the third year of this offense, just top to bottom, right? I think you're about to see Cliff Kingsbury's air raid offense in full effect this year. I have no, there's nothing that they did that suggests that this is a guarantee. Hell, they brought in a guy who doesn't fit in that offense and they're talking about him getting a huge timeshare at receiver in AJ Green. Um, he does not fit the air raid offense at all. Um, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't either, but DeAndre Hopkins is a top, five receiver in the prime of his career yeah. he fits any offense just like aj green would have five years ago um but aj green's not the player he was five years ago just there's something about it i think the cardinals i'm not saying i think that they're going to be a 13 and 14 or whatever but there's something about the cardinals this year that just screams huge offense this year if if there was one team that i think dabbles in mediocrity this year it's the seattle seahawks um because they don't get a another career year out of Danger Russ, which they didn't get in the second half of last year. What um what do they have? Uh, not much. Not, there's not much there that you go. All right. Well, if, if Russell Wilson doesn't have the best year of his career, um they can they can still make it work. I I could see them being a yeah. You could you can say yeah. that when you got a quarterback like that, and and he's good enough to make it so that they do win ten or eleven games. I, absolutely. But if he doesn't play. And he's actually he's always played at a Russell Wilson level, literally since he's coming to the league. But if he doesn't, for whatever reason, you could see, uh, to me they're the worst team out of the four, at least in building a, a roster. But they have the best quarterback, so you know who knows. Although Kyler Murray might supplant uh, Russell Wilson this year. And to be fair to the Cardinals, they also are Kyler. I mean, if Kyler Murray goes down, the Cardinals are going to be horrendous. <laughs> I could not even tell you it's who. Cole McCoy. They will be horrendous. <laughs> Cole McCoy is the backup. Yeah, that actually, he actually looked really good on uh, played Saturday. <laughs> he did. You know, just like objectively, you're like, damn, Cole McCoy is running the air raid. <laughs> he did no running though. Uh, Which, that noodle arm is fit for the air raid. It, it actually is because it's just take what's there, and he was taking what was there mm. and looking good doing it. Um, but it, no, they'll be horrendous. Um, because once a real NFL defense knows that all the Colt McCoy can do is throw flat routes and eight yard, <laughs> eight yard curls, that's it. <laughs> We're not doing anything else. <laughs> We're playing him inside out and make him beat us on the outside. DeAndre, and he won't do yeah, it. Hopkins will have 120 catches for 870 <laughs> yards. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll uh, we'll close with this. The I guess this is well, this is week two of the preseason. Right, for every team, I guess, except for the Steelers and the Cowboys. Are there any games that you're particularly excited about? First of all, I'm upset that these games don't start till Friday. Really? I, there's no Thursday game? That's very- oh, actually it is. I'm sorry. That's that's my Eagles hosting the New England Patriots. Which Okay, excited about that. But is there any game in the lineup that you are particularly interested in. Again, this is week two of the preseason, which is we're going to see. This is probably you see the least amount of time with the starters. No, I, I think, no, you saw the least amount of time for most teams with the starters probably this past week okay. because um, they're just looking for that dress rehearsal. I assume that the Giants will play most of their starters into the second quarter. Now, I don't expect to see a lot of Sterling Shepard or Kenny Galladay or Evan Ingram, which who cares? Um, but I would um, expect to see a lot of Daniel Jones going into the second quarter of that Browns game. They're having joint practices this week. Yeah, um, it's already been announced that Barkley's being held out of them, which again, not shocking at all. Virtual guarantee um, that he's not playing in this game either, uh, because I don't think that the Giants are trying to mess around with him. I. I want to see a second round of Justin Fields. They play the Bills on Saturday. Um, I 
thought it was the most egregious thing in the world, regardless of what team you were and where you were picking, that Justin Fields wasn't the second quarterback off the board after Trevor Lawrence. It's insane. It makes no sense. He's the only one of these. Well, Mac Jones played at a high level, like in terms of competition, obviously. But uh, Mac Jones, shit, I would have taken him over Wilson, but I wouldn't have taken him over anyone else. They play the Bills. The Bears do. Um, you probably either don't see Josh Allen at all or you see him for a series because why would you see him for any longer? But the Bills have Mitchell Trubisky uh, as Josh Allen's backup this year, and I expect oh, to yeah. see him going into the second quarter. Oh, and- he is going to get booed. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't believe when he comes strutting out on the field. Yep, and I don't know that he deserves to. I mean, he's ob- he obviously is a bust. Um, although Mitchell Trubisky, like Ryan Tannehill, I could see if he if he stays. I mean, that Brian Dable has turned Josh Allen, seemingly the forever project player, into a top five quarterback in the NFL. Probably, we'll see. If he does it this year, then you're going to say that that's a place to go and get right. Did he take any interviews? For head coaching positions? I don't think he did this offseason. I think he did last offseason. Interesting. D- McDermott has managed to keep both those coordinators the entire time he's been there. And the Bills defense isn't great. But um, I have heard an interesting statistic that they have, like, they're they, since McDermott's gotten there, remember, defensive guy, came out of Carolina mm-hmm. behind Rivera as a defensive guy, they have they've been top five in game-wrecking plays. And this is not a, like a, a real stat. They've been top five in game-wrecking plays every year that McDermott's been there. I think that was, was the stat. So basically interceptions, forced fumbles, sacks, um, turnovers, safety, whatever. You know, the, the, the shit that defenses do that, that gets you a little excited, right? Yep. They are – they don't have a defense that's going to shut you down on yards, which in today's NFL, there's very few defenses that are even going to do that in the first place, but they're making the big plays um, to set their offense up to win and to give their team a chance. And and really, your best defenses today seemingly just steal possessions. And the Bills, obviously, if you're getting sacks and you're getting turnovers, you're potentially stealing possessions away from your opponent. Um, another game that I'm interested in, uh, it's hard not to stay with the rookie quarterback theme. Yeah, absolutely. 49ers Chargers, I assume Air Bear will play a little bit in that one. Um, he did not play at all in the first Charger game. And then uh, I don't. I think Trey Lance will start. I don't know that you're going to see any Garoppolo. Although you pro- I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what to expect. You didn't see him in week one. And then the one thing we didn't talk about that might be the only true, real, actual quarterback competition in the NFL is the Saints. Taysom mm. Hill and Jameis Winston. Now I didn't catch any of that they first were, game. They, they're getting pegged as both being horrible. They both threw a pick, and the Saints turned the ball over six times in general. Um, but they actually both looked okay. Taysom Hill looked surprisingly good throwing the ball um, for the Saints. Jameis Winston looked like Jameis Winston. Um, and Jameis Winston threw a touchdown pass. Taysom Hill did not. I. It, it's interesting. People are assuming that one guy's going to win and the other guy's going to sit, and I am not of that belief at all. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I I don't think that either one is going to make the other one irrelevant. I don't even think I think Peyton knows what he wants to do already. I don't I don't think any of this matters, honestly. I think if he wants to run a Lamar Jackson style offense, then Taysom Hill is going to be in there 70% of the time. And I think maybe more if if you know, giving game flow, and I think that if he wants to throw a standard pocket passer style uh game, which look at the roster right now can you name a healthy saints wide receiver right now <laughs> why wouldn't you run the offense through <laughs> and i'm not even saying all season michael thomas will theoretically come back um he's not happy by the way he's not happy um but apparently they're cool but yeah. also but also peyton and the saints are mad that he waited till july to, to tell them um my ankle hurts <laughs> <laughs> when he apparently knew it was an issue way back in like February or March. Yeah. Um, but if this iteration of the Saints offense, right, especially if Taysom Hill's throwing the ball okay, which he does occasionally, but I don't think he's going to do it when everyone knows he's going to throw. Why wouldn't you want to run that off? That offense was efficient last year when Taysom Hill started three or four games. Again, I still don't think that makes Jameis Winston irrelevant. Um, I could see a real situation where Jameis Winston starts every game and Taysom Hill is your uh, mix him in guy in the middle of the game, and when you get up, that's it. Now you're running the um, the beat em up run style offense where Taysom Hill is going to dink and dunk and, and run it up the gut and hand off to Kamara and hand off to Latavius Murray, assuming he keeps his job. 
Um, which Latavius Murray is the type of guy that you could see getting cut. So who knows? But I still can't see the the Saints not being a heavy run first team this year. Um, and Kamara is not that guy. He's not getting 300 carries. So someone, Murray or the field, Devonta Freeman, whoever else is there, um, is going to have to pick a Taysom Hill. Imagine Taysom Hill standing in the shotgun next to Jameis Winston, and you know that no matter what happens right now, Taysom Hill's either getting a play fake or he's getting the ball, and then he's either running or throwing. How the hell do you – I don't know how the NFL and, – and maybe NFL teams don't think this. The NFL media is under this impression that they're going to run one style of offense or the other. How do you not think Sean Payton, arguably the most creative offensive mind behind Andy Reid probably in the NFL, is not – or no, Shanahan, I wouldn't say he's super creative. He just knows how to build a run game. Um, how would you not expect Sean Payton to not take advantage of the assets that he's got? I, I – I would be shocked if you don't see some version of that in the Saints early and often this year, especially because they're so underwhelmed at the skill positions. I mean, you got Kamara and, what, four garbage men out there at all times. <laughs> um, by the way, Traquan Smith would be your most uh, NFL-traveled wide receiver going into his fourth year, has been the Saints number two on and off again yep. since coming into the league. Um, after that, I can't name any Saints wide receivers. Don't know them. Um, arguably one of the best names in – Perhaps all of sports, he's the third wide receiver on the left side. Lil Jordan Humphrey. Lil Jordan. Yeah, out of Texas. Um, I heard. And hey, Chris Hogan's on the team. Uh, they're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you know what? He is currently sitting behind Lil Jordan Humphrey. Who caught a touchdown in uh, the the Saints preseason game. Lil Jordan did. Not Chris. You know Sean Payton is chomping at the bit to get him some run. He would like nothing more than Jameis Winston in the pistol, direct snap, hands off to Taysom Hill, who throws a touchdown to Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan shouldn't make that team, but he might. I have no idea. I don't know what their receiver situation is, um, and it's an interesting outlook because every team— you're... Ty Montgomery is on the squad. Really? Yeah. As a wide receiver or a running back? As a wide receiver. got to be a wide receiver. That running back room is slammed. He—the the Saints— are guaranteed, and, and they have a great running back. You expect Kamara to have a Kamara year. Maybe he won't, but you expect certainly expect that he will. Every NFL team was guaranteed 3,000 to 3,500 yards of offense. That's just, it, they play, and now more so because of the extra game, but regardless, call it 3,500 yards of offense. Someone's getting those yards, and they're not all Alvin Kamara. Who is it? Traquan Smith breakout year. It, it's That seems the most likely outcome, um, or... I mean, if they have a huge three-headed running monster between Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, and I'm going to say Latavius Murray, even though the RBB might be a different player, those three guys, let's say that they all have 600 yards rushing. Kamara taps 1,000, which would be for the first time in his career, so maybe he doesn't even do that. But let's say that all three of them have 600 yards rushing. Someone's still catching. A combination of someone's is still catching, what, 2,000 receiving yards? Who the hell is doing that? Actually, Kamara might have 1,200 receiving yards this year. But um, there's still 800 to go around. <laughs> <laughs> well, that remains to be seen. Uh, this was the Football Heavy Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast network.